Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. We're the co-hosts of a podcast called A Thing or Two. It comes out every Monday and the basic premise is this. We share all the stuff we think more people should know about. So that's apps, recipes, books, the nationwide haagen vanilla bean shortage that nobody else was talking about. Our no one. No one. <laughs> our preferred vacuum brands, of which we have multiples, and critical explorations of our unique approaches to paper towel usage. Listen, we think you're going to like it. A lot of people do. And who's to say you'll be any different? Listen and subscribe wherever it is you listen and subscribe to podcasts. I called my parents and I literally told them, I had no idea that the way I was feeling wasn't like regular. I was like, I thought everyone wakes up and is like so stoked for the day to end and like get in bed. And my parents were like, no, that's depression. Hey, everybody, and welcome to RealPod. I'm Victoria Garrick, former D1 athlete and mental health and body image advocate. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you awesome guests, weekly inspiration, and the realest conversations around everything and anything. Now let's get real. Welcome back to Real Pod, everybody, and happy Mental Health Month. I am so excited. May is finally here. We love to see it. We love prioritizing this conversation and normalizing the mental health issues that so many of us face and also mental illness as that's something so many are struggling with. And this month, I am literally hyped because we have four fire episodes for you guys. The guests are unreal. Like talk about mental health icons. Please prepare yourself. And what better way than to kick off our month of mental health themed episodes than with rising pop star Chelsea Cutler. Cue the freak outs. I literally was beyond when Chelsea said she would come on the show. And if you have heard Sad Tonight, it's like, oh my God, dare I try to sing Sad Tonight, Sad. You know that song? I hope you know that song. Or Not Okay with Kygo, which is a phenomenal song about mental health. That was Chelsea. She is a singer, songwriter, and producer with over 750 million streams. And not only is she insanely talented, but like I mentioned, Chelsea often writes and sings about her mental health struggles normalizing her own battle and bringing this conversation to the forefront in an artistic and beautiful way. Y'all are going to love her story. Right before we jump in, I want to give a big shout out to Jamie, who left a review on iTunes saying, my favorite podcast, five stars. I woke up on this Wednesday morning feeling mediocre until I remembered that I was about to get some realness from Vic on RealPod. This is the first podcast I ever listened to. And while it's allowed me to find other great listens as well, this channel is the one I will always come back to. 
Thank you so much for all you do for college athletes, those struggling with a relationship with food or anyone looking for an awesome and inspiring talk. You to realist. Jamie, thank you so much for this sweet review. I'm honored to be the first podcast you decided to check out. Thanks for listening to the show and thanks for taking the time to review. So grateful for each and every one of you who clicked play on this episode today. If you're also enjoying the show, please go to iTunes, leave it a rating and review, and I just might shout you out on next week's episode. So without further ado, let's dive in to this episode with the one and only Chelsea Cutler. Okay, we're going. Chelsea, I'm so hyped to be talking to you. I not only am a fan of your music, but I feel like we have so much in common. You are, we're a college athlete, mental health advocate. You're a pop star. I'm a pop star in my dreams. (laughs) So that's the trifecta. I feel like if you could be three things in life, those three things kind of check every box. I don't know if I've achieved pop star status, but like, I'll take it. Everything has been happening for you so fast. This is probably the first time in a really long time that you we're on pause because you were at school, college athlete, which by the way, can we talk about that? I feel like that's so underrated how athletic you are. You grew up playing like four sports and then you played a college <laughs> sport. And it's D3, like- D3 though, D3. Oh, still. Yeah, still. D3 is still legit. I say that all the time to D3 athletes. And I feel like it just went from just normal college student athlete life. Well, by the way, that's not normal as I'm sure you know. It's crazy to be a student athlete. Yeah, totally. <laughs> And then right into touring, did you mourn no longer being an athlete or were you like, I don't care, I'm fully on to to music? Was it weird for you to just say bye to soccer in that way? That's such a good question. I feel like I didn't really get closure with something that had been part of my life since I was like four or five years old. And I remember I had the offer to go on the Quintour like mid-season of my junior year. And I remember we lost in like the conference semifinal. And I was the last one to get off the field. Like I was sobbing and I like refused to get up and get off the field. And everyone was like, it's fine. You have another year. Like everything's good. And in my head, I was like, you guys don't know. (laughs) So yeah, you know, it definitely was tough to like watch my teammates who were like my best friends go back for senior year and like to not be a part of senior season. That was definitely difficult. So yeah, I think like the answer to your question is, yeah, I feel like I never really got closure, but Fortunately, it's not like I was thrust kind of into the real world after college without some sort of identity. Like I know that some people don't really feel like their job right now is their identity. Maybe it's not something that they're like fully passionate about yet or they haven't realized their passion yet. So I feel like I'm really lucky that whatever I was thrust into, it's my favorite thing in the world. So I don't know. I think like music has always been such a big part of my identity. And I think it's a part that like was never fully realized. And I was really like reluctant and shy to kind of realize it and and be like open about it. So I think for the first time in my life, I felt really liberated to like love music and like not be embarrassed by that. It's so funny. It's like, I'm, I don't know why this is so not the same, but I'm thinking of like, Zach Efron in High School Musical, like the basketball boy, but he has this dream. Of no, like, okay, literally is like, <laughs> I mean, I like growing up, I don't know. Like, I feel like when I went to public school, I kind of thought everyone definitely was not super cool about me loving music, but 
I went, ended up going to a boarding school called Pomfret, which was like awesome. I was in the acapella group there, which is like so nerdy, but it was awesome. Wait, I wasn't an acapella group. No I'm way. like such a C-list trash singer, but I love acapella groups. Oh my That's God. So yeah, me fun. too. <laughs> it was so fun. So yeah, I, I think like, I don't know, like at, especially I went to Amherst College and like amazing place. I loved every second of it. But like I, I didn't, none of my friends were like involved in any music culture there. I don't know. Like all my friends were athletes. You know how it is. So right. there was like this part of me that like I didn't really like know how to express up until I left school. It's weird as an athlete on a team to have like another passion because everyone on the team is like live, breathe, die by the sport. Totally. And so it's also this weird element of feeling like, oh, well, are you like, are you in on winning? Are you like half out and your head's in another place? Like, I think that's like a classic quote we hear from coaches. Like, your head's got to be all in on sport. And I had coaches like that in college where even just doing YouTube videos, you know, where like you got to focus. So I can, I can see that. But how, how did that even happen? Were you like writing songs in between your class schedule, in between your games, in between watching film? I literally, I just didn't do homework. Like so, so many people asked <laughs> for real, like, so I think like during meet and greets and stuff, it's so funny. People always ask like, how did you balance school music and playing a sport in college? And I always say like, I didn't really balance it successfully. It's like impossible to do that. So I literally just would sleep in, skip class sometimes. Sorry, mom and dad. And I would like sit <laughs> in my dorm room and make music and like post it on SoundCloud. But I feel like that's what you hear about the greats. Like Steve Jobs, didn't he not even finish school? Like all these people who end up pursuing something, you find like a lot of the top, top people didn't go to school or like had to leave early. So at least it paid off for you. <laughs> totally. I think time is money, you know? So I, <laughs> I, well, okay. My parents were also paying for me to go to college. So time literally was money. So again, sorry, mom and dad. But no, I, yeah, it's exactly like, I didn't, I just, I couldn't like spend another year and a half at school when like the door was opening for me. One of my favorite things that you talk about obviously is mental health. And I mentioned that in the beginning and I've been through my own challenges with anxiety and depression. Actually, mine stemmed from being a college athlete. Like I didn't have problems in high school and then it was student athlete lifestyle pressure, all that stuff. Totally. I feel like that's so common. Was that what started the first change for you in terms of mental health? Or had that been kind of a theme for a while? Honestly, this is kind of embarrassing, but I really, I like don't think I really understood what it meant to be depressed. And I was sitting in my intro to psych class my freshman year at Amherst. And like we were going over like depression symptoms. And I leaned over to my friends and I was like, I was like, it's kind of like ringing a lot of bells for me. Like, what's going on? You're like, guys, I'm self-diagnosing in this class right now. No, actually, I, I literally was like, I called my parents and I literally told them I had no idea that, uh, that the way I was feeling wasn't like regular. I was like, I thought everyone wakes up and is like so stoked for the day to end and like get in bed. And my parents were like, no, that's depression. <laughs> so that, that was truly like the big, the big wake up call for me. It was like intro to psych. That's cool. So then I'm guessing in even in high school, this was like very gradual for you. There wasn't yeah, like I don't, a moment like, or tragedy. Yeah, I have no idea, honestly. Like if I'm thinking about it, there's no like moment in time that stands out to me at all. And you don't need to have one. Like obviously depression is depression and everyone experiences it in different ways. Sometimes you don't know how you're supposed to feel or how you're supposed to react to a situation until like you learn it or until someone tells you. Totally. Similarly, 
I didn't know what I was going through was okay because I was like, oh my gosh, I can't sleep before games. I could cry before every game. I'm afraid of the ball. Like, because that was my performance anxiety. And I thought, I looked around like, oh my God, it's just me. Everyone else has their shit figured out. And then I realized, oh wait, I think everyone's feeling the same way as me. It's just so taboo to say that you have an issue. It's amazing how it goes both ways too. Like I think by normalizing, talking about the way we're feeling, I think a lot of people would one realize what they're feeling isn't healthy and and they don't have to keep feeling that way and there's something like better and more sustainable for them and I think too to your case it would make people feel so much more comfortable in their own skin with the feelings that they're having. Going to hold it right there to tell you about something exciting coming out very soon. If you're like me, it's getting warmer, spring is here, and you are just dreaming of going to the movie theaters. I am so excited that things are opening back up. And the best part is that there's an amazing movie coming out on May 14th called Finding You. Finding You is an inspirational romantic drama full of heart and humor about finding the strength to be your true self. After an ill-fated audition at a prestigious New York music conservatory, violinist Finley Sinclair travels to an Irish coastal village to begin her semester abroad. And at the bed and breakfast run by her host family, she encounters, drumroll please, Beckett Rush, a gregarious and persistent heartthrob movie star who is there to film. As sparks begin to fly between the two, Beckett ignites a journey of discovery for Finley that transforms their outlook on life, music, and each other's hearts. Oh my gosh, I love it. It literally already sounds so good. Make plans now to bring a friend, a family member, or even your significant other to see Finding You only in theaters on May 14th. And for more information or to find a theater near you where you can watch, please visit findingyouthemovie.com. Once again, you can check out findingyouthemovie.com to learn more about this amazing romantic drama and where you can watch it. If you know me, I've been obsessed with hair care lately. All of my years of sports, sweating, and constant showering really took a toll on these locks. And so I've been looking into the best hair care. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about Function of Beauty. It's the coolest and most customizable way to find the best shampoo and conditioner for you. First, you take a quiz to tell them about your hair type and hair goals, such as lengthen, volumize, oil control, which that was my number one goal. Then you choose your color and fragrance, which is so fun. You can make it match your bathroom aesthetic, or of course, you can go fragrance and dye free if you want it all natural. Their products are vegan and cruelty-free after all, and they never use sulfates or parabens, and you can also go silicone-free. After you specified all of your choices, Function's team determines the perfect blend of ingredients, bottles your formula, and delivers it right to you. I got these gorgeous white bottles of my shampoo and conditioner. I have been loving it. There are over 54 trillion possible formulations and Function of Beauty has over 50,000 real five-star reviews, aka the people love it. They also offer custom body and skincare as well. So never buy off the shelf just to be disappointed ever again. Instead, go to functionofbeauty.com slash realpod to take your quiz and save 20% on your first order. That applies to their full range of customized hair, skin, and body products. So go to functionofbeauty.com slash realpod to let them know you came from this show and you can receive 20% off your order. Functionofbeauty.com slash realpod. So when you realized in this intro to Psych, what was the next step? Once you told your parents, were they like, okay, well, we want you to see someone? Yeah, I think 
my mom found a therapist for me like up by school and it it was really bad like I think I just think that finding the right therapist takes time and and yeah. like finding the right relationship so I didn't really find a good therapist probably until I was like 21 21 like almost 22 and so that was only like a year two years ago I've been cruising with therapy I think like the biggest step like for me in college was allowing myself to like destigmatize medication because I I was mm. I started going to a psychiatrist before going to a therapist so yeah because my panic attacks were so bad too so it was like all right let's just medicate this and like regulate this but I was I was like really apprehensive to to take medication because you I'm sure you grew up an athlete I can tell you're competitive you're a a super hard worker with your music. I mean, you write, produce all your songs. I can imagine just, you know, like me, you're like, oh no, I will fix this myself. I don't want a helpful pill. I don't want something external to help. I want to just do it myself. Was that the reason? Yeah, like I I don't even know. I think I was just kind of ashamed of it, honestly. Like I, you always kind of like hear of people saying like, oh, I have to take my meds and like, I don't, I don't know. I just, even now, like, I feel like it's still so, like, stigmatized. Like, I don't know, like, on tour and staying in hotels with people and stuff. It's, I wish it could just be, like, really normal at bedtime to, like, whip out, like, my four pill bottles. And you know what I mean? <laughs> but, like, yeah, I don't know. I think I was just really embarrassed by it. And, like, I tried, I, like, really try to normalize it now, too. And, like, on tour, I'll always tell my, like, my tour manager, like, Manny, make sure, like, make sure I'm taking my meds. And like, I try to normalize yeah. it with the crew and everything, but I don't know. People just like act weird about antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication and stuff. And I think, I think also a really big thing is like in culture right now, like anti-anxiety meds, like benzos and stuff are, there's such like bad undertones surrounding benzos and anti-anxiety medication because of all of like the overuse and abuse. When I'm someone diagnosed with panic disorder and anxiety disorders and like that stuff is really like essential to my health and well-being it's like so stigmatized and you can't it's like hard to talk to your friends about it like oh man I'm feeling really anxious like I feel a panic attack coming on I think I should like take my medication I don't you know what I mean like I was just so embarrassed by all of it yeah I feel that but I think it's great that you are normalizing it because I mean, the most important thing is that we start having conversations. And also one of my favorite things too is like to have a conversation about mental health and not have it be, okay, we're going to get really dark and scary and we're going to get sad and we're going to talk about depression. Like I prefer <laughs> when it's just like, oh, hey, you cried your eyes out too. Okay, me, me too. Totally. Like, yeah, and I'm going to therapy and then I'm going to record totally. and to and not make it like- not have to be like <laughs> so soft about it. Like, it's cool. Like, I feel like normalizing it is being able to joke about it and talk about it casually and not doing exactly what you're saying. Like, okay, like this podcast is going to get really emotional. Are you guys ready for that? <laughs> no, not at all. And I feel like all of my podcasts, obviously the show's called Real Pod. People are coming to like share things that they've been through and in a way that is like so fun and conversational. One thing I'm actually so curious to ask you you know, obviously you've heard Lonely by Justin Bieber. Yeah, the new for sure. Everyone's listening to. And then so have good. you heard like Lucky by Britney Spears or like Lucky One by Taylor Swift? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so all those songs basically say like once you get to fame or when you get to the top or you get the success, how you actually feel 
not great at the top. And I was wondering if you had any like glimpses of that when you were touring. I know obviously with everything happening now, you're not on a normal tour, but kind of those moments of getting off stage and being like, all these people love me. And then wait, here I am. And I'm, I'm still kind of confused on if I love myself. Totally. That's a great question. I mean, I think it's obviously on a much smaller scale for someone like me than it is for a superstar like that, obviously. But I'm fortunate. I think that I'm so close with my touring crew. So I come off stage and have the best time with them every night, whether we're like ordering Domino's or we have an off day the next day and, and we can stay up and we'll like play Uno on the bus. Like I have the best time with them. So I never really feel like lonely in terms of touring, but I definitely have had, I've definitely struggled with like feeling lonely in my social life just because I don't know, it's probably like my own paranoia that like, I just don't really like talking about music with my friends. Like I just want to feel, I don't know. I think as like as an artist, your brand and your identity are so conflated that sometimes I have a really hard time separating my identity from Chelsea Cutler, the artist. And sometimes I'm like, I, I don't really know like what I am or what I bring to the table outside of that. So, and now I'm getting a bit deeper. Yeah. But I think like, that's where a lot of my paranoia comes in socially, just cause like, I'm like, okay, are these people hanging out with me? Like, cause they see me as all oh, their friends who just played terminal five or like, are they hanging out with me? Cause they see me as like, their friend who like they enjoy being around and like brings value to their life somehow. So that that's kind of where I've struggled. Oh, I love that. That's such a real I'll dive in on that with you. Like I can talk oh, about girl, that all let's day. let's go. I'll pull back layers. <laughs> one of the things I was actually gonna ask you, because I think it's such a powerful question, is what is one of the biggest revelations you've had about yourself since therapy? Because people think you go to therapy and I don't know what they think you do when people stigmatize it, but I'm like, no, you go in this room and you walk out like, oh my God, I had no idea that I had these thoughts or that I thought this way about myself. Totally. And so I'm guessing that was kind of one of the big things you realized was it's really hard for me to separate who I am on stage to who I am in real life. But one of the reasons maybe is you are 100% yourself in your music. So it's not like you're writing about, oh, I'm in the club and where I don't think you've ever said the word club in a song because that's <laughs> yeah. like real your songs are. You know, it's not just about the dance floor. I'm definitely not going so, to any clubs ever. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do when like when you're with your friends? Are you up front and like, hey, we don't I don't want to talk about music. I don't want to talk about touring or do your like real day ones know and they just treat you like, you know, Chelsea that I knew before all this? I think I mean, I think it's it's like. I've never expressed to anyone that I don't really want to talk about it just because like I know that they're trying to be supportive and it's the same as me. Like, I mean, I like I ask my friends all the time how like how is work? How's work going? So I know that like for them, it's kind of the the equivalent of like how's your album coming along? How how was your show last night? So I know it's like them trying to be supportive. So no, I haven't. I haven't really expressed that to them. It's so true, though, that you asked them how their day at work was. So then they're like, oh, Chelsea, well, how was your day at work? And yours obviously happens to be like such a completely different lifestyle. I know. I always feel like I I don't know. It just like feels like like obviously whatever I did was was like probably one percent cooler than like what my friends do like on a daily basis. I just feel like an asshole like 80 percent of the time when it's like 
how was your day at work? And it's, it's like, cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, my, I don't know. I, I'm rambling, but like, you know what I mean? No, I feel you. That's how I feel today. My friends are going to be like, oh, so how did the Chelsea Cutler interview go? I'm going to be like, it was great. I sat down with Chelsea Cutler. I'm like, how was the quarter end PowerPoint you had to submit? Yeah, to exactly. exactly. And then like, and then you just kind of don't, don't, doesn't that kind of just make you feel like a real asshole? Cause like, it's, I just feel like the conversation always, there's way more to talk about with tour than there is with like my, my friends, like Excel spreadsheets and the stuff that they're doing is freaking awesome. My brain could never comprehend it, but it's like harder to talk about. So I just kind of feel, I feel really awkward sometimes because I feel like, like stuff about my life dominates conversations more and it's like less mutual sometimes. That just makes me like really uncomfortable. It's great that you have that self-awareness to be thinking about this conversation and that, oh, well, am I asking or talking enough about this person's totally. life? The self-awareness for you, has that always been something you've had or did it start once you kind of realized your mental health issues? Oh my God, that's such a good point. Therapy definitely was like the first place I realized that thoughts are not the end-all be-all. And I try to think of my thoughts more of like a dialogue now with myself. And I can have an initial thought and then respond to myself and say, hey, that like gut reaction was uncool. Let's start conditioning yourself to have a different reaction or to like think differently. So I love that realization. Thoughts should really just be like a face value thing. We're going to take a brief break to talk about Aura Organic. Aura Organic is a plant-based organic nutrition company with everything from protein powder and pre-workout to ingestible beauty supplements. They care about making healthy living fun, accessible, and easy while harnessing the earth's most powerful plants to transform your health. Aura Organic prides themselves on trying to provide the cleanest nutritional products around, and they've gone the extra mile to prove it. This is really cool. Every single one of their products is third-party tested for heavy metals and purity, and all of these test results are available to the public on their website. On top of that, there's no hidden ingredients. So each product page on their website allows you to look through every ingredient and product to see exactly what purpose that ingredient is serving. My fave product is Aura Organics Greens Powder called Easy Being Green. I love vegetables, but sometimes I don't have them around and it's difficult to have, you know, fresh veggies. So this greens powder has been a great and easy way for me to add more vegetables and greens into my life. In just one scoop, you're getting over 20 organic greens from both land and sea with none of the hassle. Their carefully crafted delicious citrus flavor comes from organic fruit and prebiotics, ensuring you will get all of that natural and yummy flavor. So head to www.aura.organic and start your wellness journey today and take 15% off your first purchase when you use code REALPOD at checkout. And that's not all though. If you decide to purchase a subscription, you will receive an additional 20% off, totaling 35% off when you use code REALPOD at checkout. So head to www.aura.organic today and use code REALPOD for up to 35% off. I love this topic of Chelsea being Chelsea, not being, you know, the singer or, you know, this person that people see you as on stage. So, I mean, enlighten me, girl. Like, what do you like to do on a daily basis? What sparks your passion? Obviously, you do other things um, in your day. Like, do you like reading books? Dude, you know, what's so nuts is like before quarantine, I really didn't have time to do other things. People would ask me like in the Q&As, meet and greets, what my hobbies were. And I like don't, I don't really have any. It's like so embarrassing, but I, I spent all my time playing soccer growing up. 
and I would sneak away to practice rooms and lock myself up and like music was my secret hobby and I'd sit at the piano and play forever. And now I'm obviously very like fortunate that that hobby and passion has like turned into my career. But I think quarantine kind of happened and I had all this time and I was like, what do I do with myself? So I started surfing over the summer. That was really cool. I finally like learned how to stand up on the board. So that was great. Oh, that's rad, should I say. <laughs> oh, so gnarly. Um, oh my God, I'm yeah. so dorky. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I, I love like aesthetic things. Like, like, I love fashion. I love design, like setting up my new apartment. Oh, wait, you just designed a new apartment. That is literally the, the most fun thing ever. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, no, I'm stoked. It's so fun. It's like just a great like outlet of creative energy right now while I can't like be fully creative in other ways. Most people's outlet is music. Like when I think about if I need a good cry sesh, I'll put on music. Obviously your, your music, Shameless, have given me some good cry seshes. Um, yeah, sometimes same. just <laughs> really goes there. Is that something that you are able to go to as well? Like music as an outlet, like listening to other artists or well, is it like work for you to play a song? Do you have to find another outlet when you need a break? I think that music's a tough outlet for me. Like, when it's other artists. Like I obviously love music. I listen to it 24 seven, but when I like need to really disconnect, it's really impossible to listen to music. Cause I'm always, Oh man, that line was really great. Like, Oh, that lyric was interesting. I wish they did that instead. Like it's just, you're always analyzing and thinking and wow. That's um, interesting. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, if you went to like a professional, like volleyball game, right? Right. I couldn't just watch it for fun. I'd be judging the players the whole time and like right. complimenting their moves. <laughs> like I don't play football. So like I can watch a football game and just like thoroughly enjoy it for the entertainment. But you know what I mean? That's so true because you're, you actually, since you produce music as well, you're thinking about all the sounds in the background. Totally. Yeah. Everything. So it's, it's definitely like, I can't disconnect listening to music. I think I need either like to be fully present, either like exercising or, or, I really like to play tennis. So like doing stuff like that or obviously like surfing or going to the beach and just like fully being present, disconnecting from technology. Or I just need to like mindlessly watch like trash television. Oh, what trash television? Like reality TV? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, obviously like all the Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise, like all that stuff. You would kick me off this if you knew like how brutal it can get. Like I've seen every episode of Catfish. Do you feel like you are at a place where you are a bit ahead of the depression or the anxiety? Like you feel a bit more in control. Obviously, it never goes away. Mental health is an uphill climb for your whole life. But when you feel things going off path or do you have any things you notice where like, oh, if I am not able to sleep, that's my check of like, okay, I got to take a day off or something like that. Yeah, I think that every day you live with a, mental illness, you're adding to your skill set of coping with it. So I definitely do think that I'm significantly better at managing it now. And I do think like medication, like the right doses of things is really important again to like destigmatize that. I think it's just like really important to not just take your doctor's like first prescription at face value and you should like really stay on with your psychiatrist and like talk about it and, and figure out the right levels of everything. I think that's so important and not enough people do that. But yeah, I think 
like I said, I'd, I think you're just constantly adding to a skill set. And I don't know, like every day you, you have tools that you didn't have like even a week ago or a year ago. So I'm sure you feel similarly. I'm actually interested what you would think about this because competition in sport, I mean, it you thrive on it. It just gets your blood stirring to compete with someone in like position battles. And especially in soccer, like you're physically body to body. There's a net separating us on the volleyball court. But the competition was something I really missed kind of entering like the real world per se is, is not directly having another opponent, but it's always yourself, right? Like, and I'm sure you feel like you're competing with yourself to like write better songs or to, I don't know what it would be, you know, as an artist. And I'm always like trying to do better in, in, in what I'm, where I'm at. And I find that I try to convince myself, okay, well, I have to be better at handling my anxious thoughts. I got to be better at noticing the depression sneaking in. And it's still tough, but when I kind of make it like a competition of how good can I be, how strong can I be with like keeping up with all the things I need to do for my mental health, it helps me approach it. That's awesome. I've honestly never thought of it that way, but that's such, I think that's such a good piece of advice, especially for athletes and like college athletes who, I don't know that we're so, I've been like out of the mix for, for a while now. What year did you graduate? I forget. 2019. Oh, so we're same year. Cool. Yeah. I think like we're so conditioned to think like so competitively and in certain ways. So I think maybe like being able to apply that thinking to your mental health is, is really interesting. I love that. Do you feel like you miss competition or do you find it? Because you can't really, I mean, because you don't want to compare yourself to other artists, right? Because you want to, you're your own and you want to be unique in that. Totally. I, I don't know. There's kind of like a dichotomy into how I feel. I think like I, on one hand, I think I'm like the best half asser there is in the world. Um, And I feel like very, like, I love that with music, everyone wins. Like there's room for everyone to be successful like when you're at a show, everyone in the crowd is stoked at the end, not just like the winning team. So I kind of, I love that, but I am like, there's always competitive nature in me naturally, I think from being an athlete, like your whole life. So I definitely am always kind of thinking like, yeah, like I want to win Grammys one day. I want, you know, I want billboard right. top tens. I want songs at radio, but I think like a really healthy balance is important. Do you do a good job of being proud of yourself for where you are now? Um, that's a really good question. I don't know if anyone's really asked me that before. I've, I don't know. Cause like, I think, I don't, I think it's like better if I don't internalize it all. Like I, I feel the same as I kind of did a year ago or two years ago or three years ago. And I think if I really like sat and thought about the magnitude of, the things that have happened to me in the last three years or like how unconventional and weird my life is, I would probably go insane. <laughs> well, it's good in the sense that I'm not saying have you let it get to your head and gotten super comfortable, but I'm just saying, do you take a break to say, okay, I've done some really cool things. I've worked hard. It's okay for me to take a day off. It's okay for me to fail in this area. Oh, like on a daily basis, on a daily basis, I, I I'm like pretty lenient on myself. I think I've learned, I've gotten really better at like learning how to relax in quarantine. Cause I think at the beginning I was so anxious all the time and I felt really guilty being unproductive and I feel a lot better about it now. I'm super down to relax now all the time. Um, <laughs> 
so yeah, I, I think I like on a daily basis like that, it's been, it's been a lot better, but I think like, I never honestly really like take that much time to think about everything on like a, a greater scale. You mentioned social media earlier and it kind of makes me think about relaxing and like taking time off of Instagram and our phones and all that stuff. What is your take on everything happening right now with Instagram and TikTok and all the platforms? Obviously, you are pushed to have a presence on those platforms to connect with your your fans, but how does it affect you? It definitely gives me anxiety. It's just like toxic culture. Like it's just they get you just get to curate your life and I just think it's so toxic. You see what other people are doing and you automatically are inclined to think, okay, I should be doing that or my life should look like that or I should be making this much money. My, like I should be having this much success. And I just think it's toxic. Like careers aren't, aren't a race. Like you're not in a race to like find your passion just because someone else has found their passion doesn't mean that you won't like just because people are at a party right now and you're home alone doesn't mean that like you don't have any friends at all. Like, I just think it's it's such like an all or nothing toxic mentality. So I personally don't love it. I think, I think there's amazing, it's an amazing like avenue for us to connect with fans and to like announce songs or announce tour and interact with people. But I think like outside of using it as an artist platform, I do think like the whole culture around it is, is, kind of toxic. And I also like, not to like go on too much about it, but like, I think it also, people are so lenient with how they conduct themselves on social media too, I think. And like, people don't realize the things that they say have weight for someone else. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I don't like, I'm very fortunate in that I really don't get like mean comments or anything very frequently. But when like the one or two does roll around, it's like, like, how are you so lame that you had time in your day to like publicly tweet a bad thing about someone that you don't even know? Yeah. You know what I, like, what, like, go read, go read a book. Like, what? Yeah. Is, like, why do you have that much time? I know what you're saying. And that's the thing, though, is you got to think about the fact that this person, I'm sure like me, you've never commented a mean thing to anyone. I mean, it just, you can't even fathom doing it. I mean, so I then you got to think not. about, yeah, you got to feel bad for this person that that they chose to do that. But I definitely agree with you that it can be toxic to see just such a, a highlight of accomplishments and, and success. And one of the things I've really struggled with is FOMO. And I know people always joke like FOMO, FOMO, but I legit am like, oh my gosh, I don't have enough friends. I'm not doing enough social things. And honestly, quarantine, not having those pictures has made me feel so much better. And I like shit on myself and my friends and my social life way less. <laughs> totally. I think it's funny now because like when I see a lot of people hanging out on Instagram stories, like now I, instead of being like, oh, I'm a loser, I'm not there. I'm like, you guys are losers. Like, why aren't you being responsible and yeah. quarantining? But yeah, I totally get that. I think like something I really struggled with, especially because like on tour, you're literally surrounded 24-7 and like catered to 24-7. So when I would have days off and I like wasn't hanging out with people, I would feel like, again, like very all or nothing. Like I, I'm lonely because I'm alone right now, which isn't true. Like just I'm in my apartment like alone right now. And like that doesn't have to mean that I'm lonely. Does that make sense? So I think that's something that I had to like work on a lot the last couple of years. 
Well, you can be alone and not feel lonely and then conversely be with people and feel lonely, which is crazy. And I think going back to good old depression, we love her. Um, That to me, I just remember being at parties and being like, why can't I feel what everyone around me is feeling? I just want to (laughs) leave. Totally. Totally. It's so interesting. Like sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm such an extroverted person and I love like, I get so much of my energy from being around people. And it's so ironic because I don't even know if ironic is the right word, but it's, it's just like very difficult and annoying that I get my energy from people. But then I also am like so socially anxious and I'll be in like certain social settings and I'll desperately want to leave. And then I'm like, when I'm home alone, it's like hard for me to like generate energy. I was going to ask you if you were an introvert or an extrovert. So it's cool to hear you're kind of both. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think at heart, like by definition, like I think the definition, right. Is like you, you're an introvert. If like you recharge on your own, you're extroverted. If you get your energy, like from being around people, like I, I definitely prefer to be around people. Like even, even if like we're not talking and we need like to have quiet time. I just love being around other people. So I think like definition wise, I'd be an extrovert. That's interesting. I've never heard the charging definition because I feel like I get energy from both. Like I need, sometimes I need other people like a best friend or someone to, to pick me up. But then I have other times where I'm like, I need to be in my bed watching. I'm, I'm a the voice person. I watch the voice. Oh, <laughs> so amazing. I need to watch The Voice. I need to maybe like eat some pizza is like one of my favorite foods. And that's kind of like my recharge. So it could be both. Totally. I think there's no like finite lines. Yeah. Yeah. Not at all. Well, what are some of the things that you are trying to like keep with you as you grow? Because obviously, I mean, you see the movies, you hear time and time again that people change and change is good. Like we should be evolving. But on our own path and how we want to. So as you know, you continue working on this new album and there's so much ahead for you. Are there any pillars, like core pillars that you try to keep with you throughout all the craziness? Staying grounded is by far the most important thing, especially because when you have so many teams like working around you, I think it's kind of easy to get like dependent on other people or kind of jaded because you're so used to like people catering to you. I think just like a culture of gratitude and and appreciating everyone's role is really important. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I think it's funny because I literally am just not that famous or that successful by like most metrics. And like, I'll go to the airport without my tour manager sometimes and like having to like carry my own guitar. I'm like, man, this sucks. Like, this is so annoying. So heavy. My arm hurts. Like, I, I shouldn't have to do this. Like just entitled <laughs> thoughts that it's like, it, it's a 10 pound guitar, like chill. You know, I'm so, cause I'm so used to people like carrying all the gear for me and like just doing everything for me. It's so entitled of me. That's, sometimes. The, that's the good self-awareness right there that you're like, oh, those are the thoughts and that's not actually how I feel. And they're like kind of irrational. That's great that you recognize those thoughts. How is the Chelsea now different than the Chelsea who first toured with Quinn 92? I think, I think I'm like yards more mature. Like, like, holy shit. Like thinking about how much I've grown up in the last just three years is crazy. 
especially because like most of my friends, obviously from school, just like the fact of the matter is like, like I've just been kind of like financially and also like just fully independent from my parents in a lot of ways so much earlier and like living in, in the city before any of my friends even graduated and like traveling all over the country and all over the world. So like, I think I've been like not forced, but like encouraged to just grow up and mature a bit faster. And like, I feel like I've like packed so much of my twenties already just in the, like the last couple of years. And, and like everyone for the most part is so much older than me that I'm like surrounded by, whether it's the label team or my business manager, like my managers, my four team, my, uh, my lawyer. So I just like most of the conversations I think I'm having on a daily basis are for the most part with people who are older. And like my girlfriend always makes fun of me because like, I want to like buy a house and like settle down. Like I (laughs) don't need to like go out and drink every night. Like I, I should, like, I wish I was like 28. Like if I were 28, like the things I want in my life would be normal, but cause I'm 23 like but your life's like, why, not why normal. do you need to buy a house? Like, yeah, I know. I don't, so I don't you know. could do it. I know what you're I, saying, though, but then I people tell you not to rush all those years. That's so funny. I really feel the same. I'm like, I have baby names. I have all this. I'm like, dog. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I went too far. <laughs> oh, I'm not even ready for that for that stuff. I also think like that whole scene is probably LA and LA is like a whole nother world. Yeah, so. the LA, New York, there's such a difference. But I, I love New York. My boyfriend, Max, we did long distance. He actually lived there. Wait, tell me you've gone to Via Carota. No, where's that? What is that? Chelsea. It is the best Italian in New York. And I'm not even New York. I'm never home. I'm never home. Oh, yeah, that's true. Wait, you got to go. I I dream about this pasta. I actually like shed a tear on my way out of New York. What's it called? It's called Via Carota. V-I-A-C-A-R-O-T-A. And there's no reservations. So you just got to go at like five o'clock and put your name in. And you want to get the village. Fancy. Oh, we're looking it up right now. I love that. Yeah, yeah. no, it's it's fancy. You got to go. And honestly, let me know how you... Well, oh, gosh, I hope they open up soon. Uh, yeah, they might. No, they don't. I don't... They don't have outdoor seating, I don't think. I'm like, it's fully looking at... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you got to go. And I'm, and, I'm, and I'm such a foodie. And I'm not kidding you when I say when I left New York, I had to think about the fact that I probably wouldn't have this pasta till the next time I ever took a plane back there. So, That's amazing. Yeah. How did we even get to this? I don't even know. But yeah, the, the, the food in New York is crazy. So good. Yeah, it is. Oh, we were talking about the LA New York scene. Yeah, there, there is such a difference. But I love, I was, I was telling you, I lo- what I was going to say is I love New York City. And yeah, LA definitely has, you know, it's rep and it's scene. But I mean, I don't even hang with those people. I don't know people. I'm like here in my parents' house, like doing my own content. But who knows? We'll, we'll see. I think that's the way to be. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. A hundred percent. Maybe we'll both have houses next year if all goes well. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, I, I would love that. I'm such, I'm literally like a 30 year old at heart. Thank you so much. I had such a great time talking with you. You're so cool. And Thank I just you. really, so ap- cool. oh, thanks. And I appreciate your time because I know how busy you are, but I'm a huge fan. I'm rooting for you and everything you're doing with mental health and with your music and just how you're bringing something totally different to the industry, I think is so needed and important and you're awesome. So thanks for being my friend for an hour. (laughs) Thank you. And, And onwards. Thank you so much. You're awesome. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of RealPod. If this hit home or helped you in some way, send it to a friend, a teammate, roomie, share the love, share the realness. New episodes of RealPod come out every single Wednesday. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To leave a rating or review of the show, head to iTunes and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you. Not to mention, you can stay connected with RealPod throughout the week seeing behind-the-scenes info and sneak previews of upcoming guests by following the at RealPod account on Instagram. All information about today's show and guests will be linked in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. I love you guys so, so much. Let's go dominate the day. And as always, keep it real.